it's done and dusted. Some of us are happier than others. The Women's Champions League has come to a close and Leon have won their eighth Champions League trophy. Not a bad number, I suppose. But obviously, I'm here with Jesse and Abdullah. Uh, Jesse's a Barcelona fan by default. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> there's proof. Um, but we'll start, we'll, we'll start with um, some very quick thoughts of this match overall before we get into the, the in-depth analysis. Uh, Jesse, do you want to summarize the match quickly? Um, shock, surprise. That's mainly it. I feel like, yeah, I I don't really think anyone expected things to happen the way they did happen. I think even if you maybe felt thought that Leon would win, I don't think anyone kind of thought that 2019 Barcelona would would turn up. It was very sad just to be able to watch Alex getting progressively grumpier at the side of the pitch as the match went on, but also entertaining, some might say. Abdullah, you probably had a, a much more joyful <laughs> night. <laughs> so I, I watched it from the comfort of my sofa at home, and uh, I, I couldn't quite believe what was happening. And I think I said it in the last, last part. I was like, my heart says Leon will win, but my head says Barcelona will win this game. And my heart took precedent. My, it was just literally, I don't think it could take much more after the first 30 minutes. I was like literally like jumping around the room. I was in shock. So you say it was a shock result. I was in shock because I, okay, I know that this team can do well. I know this team probably, I genuinely believe they had the best chance of giving them a game, but I was still shocked at the result and the way they played. I didn't think, like you said, tw- I didn't think 2019 would repeat itself pretty much in that first 30, 40 minutes. So yeah, I was also pretty shocked and it took me till the final whistle to realize that, okay, wow, we've won the Champions League and we've beaten Barcelona, the one that everybody said was, you know, here to stay for the next few years and, and going to dominate for the rest of, the, you know, the next couple of years. I'm going to stop <coughs> even liking anything about Barcelona because I predicted they'd win 3-1 on the Dazone YouTube before the game and then they made me look like a total mug. So there we go. I was pissed off too. Shout out to the zone for um very high hyping up box to box also. That was lovely. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll get into the analysis now. We're also answering listener questions at the end of the analysis. Some good ones came in. Um, really interesting. I'm going to try to say my, my input in that also without being too emotional. But obviously, plenty of topics to touch on in this final. That obviously ended 3-1 for Leon over Barcelona. Amadine Henri opened the scoring in just a sixth minute with an absolute worldie of a goal. Um, an excellent outside-of-the-box shot that hit the inside of the post, top bins, giving no chance for Sandra Baños to even get a finger on it. If you haven't watched that, please go watch it because that is so, 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 so good. Uh, a cinema batch across, let Ada Hegerberg finish um, in the second post to put Leon 2-0 up. And then it was an easy, very easy tap-in for Catarina Macario, to get the third goal in the 33rd minute to put Leon up 3-0 by the 33rd minute. <clears throat> Not painful at all. Um, but you it can do was, this, Alex. You can get through it. I got this. I'm We're getting here. through this. <laughs> but it was Alex Apoteas pulling back for Barcelona in the 30, 41st minute to make the match go 3-1 into halftime. But obviously the scoreline didn't change despite Barcelona desperately trying to score and Patrijaro painfully being denied the goal of the tournament that hit the crossbar. And some stats for you guys, um, which I thought were quite interesting considering how the match ended. Um, Barcelona did finish with 59% possession, with 15 total attempts on goal to Lyon's 13. Uh, And Barcelona edged every stat, like passing accuracy, total attacks, but the only one that Lyon edged, and that was just by two, um, was balls recovered and, of course, um, goal scored overall. <laughs> but, Jesse, looking at the scoreline and the stats, does this reflect the match at all? It was definitely a game where it felt like, because Leon, especially kind of the second two goals that they scored, obviously the Henri one's just, like, ridiculous talent, but they just they were so able to kind of rip Barcelona open in those moments that it doesn't really it didn't really feel like it mattered like about what was going on in the more like nitty gritty of the stats as it were, because when you are able to create like chances as clear cut as the one that Hegerberg and Macario got, then, you know, you've kind of put yourself in a position where it was always going to be 
hard at the very least for Barcelona to come back. You know, I think lots of us still thought they could do it. I certainly thought at half time that I could see Barcelona winning it for free. But it worked really well, I guess, for Leon to then kind of come out in the second half and sit back and, and sit on that scoreline. And Barcelona didn't really create anything in the second half. I think what was so kind of shocking for Barcelona as well is that, you know, maybe the reason why the stats feel a lot more even than the game did when you're watching it is because, you know, like I rewatched the game back today and between Henri's goal and Hegerberg's goal, Barcelona are like in total control of that, like 20 minutes and like look pretty good. And again, I think it just shows you like so much of this comes down to like how well you can take your chances. I felt like in the first half, Barcelona didn't necessarily have chances that were as good as Hegerberg's or Macario's, but they had they had opportunities that were pretty close. You know, Jenny had a, a couple of opportunities, which I felt like maybe if Hegerberg was playing in a Barcelona shirt, she would have scored. So I think it just shows you that these games at the highest level really come down to those moments and, and being able to to make them count. And with Leon midfielders uh, suffocating Alexia and the rest of the midfield and Leon defence doing so well to shut down those winners, um, I meant wingers in that sense, um, doing so well to shut down the wingers. Uh, Barcelona just looked really stuck. And we've seen this aggressive press really break down Barcelona. We've talked about it before with Real Madrid, doing it, executing it really well. Of course, them being an unfortunate of Barcelona scoring that those last minute winners. And then obviously Wolfsburg got goals from dispossessing Barcelona in the midfield and finishing off their counterattacks. Um, so it's not it's not surprising that this is what really hurts Barcelona. And obviously when you look at the Real Madrid, the Wolfsburg, I think player by player, Leon just have better players in the sense of the mental giants, the execution of the game plan, everything put together. Leon executed this game plan perfectly. And again, it's not something that we've not seen before with the aggressive press with suffocating the midfield and kind of shutting down all the key players that Barcelona have. And Leon just did it. I mean, brilliantly really um Abdullah what do you think like what was that one thing that Leon did so well to stop Barca I, I think I think it's exactly what you said I think for me it was just the, it was the defensive structure and and the way they they organized themselves there I think like you said I think the, the 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 press and the off the ball work has to be probably the most important aspect of the game you need against Barcelona yes obviously you need to attack and score you need to have the ball you need to counterattack well and do all that stuff but I think None of that can happen without a solid base behind you. And you need that to be inch perfect. I remember telling somebody just before the game was kicking off, saying that if 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 Leon mess up even one half press or even one player is half out of position, Barcelona will punish them. But, you know, in that first half, they were able to set up in almost like this 4-2-3-2 structure where you almost had the back three, four compact in together. I think the game plan changed a little bit when Eddie Carpenter went off injured. I think that was a big blow at the time because, you know, for me, the idea was the two wing. So basically the way Salma Basha played at left back and, and, and her position, I think, you know, we'll, we'll talk about uh, her later, but for me, best performance of her career and probably the man, for me, the man of the match, hundred percent, the player of the match for me, because the way she was able to kind of play both in the back four and kind of come out wide and come in was, was amazing. But anyway, more on that later. I think the way Haran and Henri uh, played as that double pivot in front of the defenders and they had this trigger-based ma- uh, press, I think that was perfect. I think that their movement and understanding of when they need to push forward and when they need to hold off and when they need to protect their wide areas, I think that was for me key because the amount of times... So the whole idea was don't let Barcelona go central allow them to go wide. You want them to go wide and you will deal with them there. And yes, while the fullbacks had perfect execution and positioning in terms of stopping Graham Hansen and Rolfo from, 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 from really having any sort of real chances, at least for the 30, 40 minutes, I think when Henri used to, uh, Henri and uh, Horan, when they used to go across their respective sides, left and right, it used to help stop the, the, ex- the late runs of Alexia, the late runs of Aitana. And that's where other teams, I think, couldn't do it. Whereas, they would be maybe manage to stop Graham Hansen. They'd manage to stop maybe Alexia or Aitana, one of them. But no one was able to stop both players or two of the three players to kind of come in. They always had an overload on one side. And I think for me, that was what Leon recognized and, and kind of executed, I think, perfectly uh, you know, throughout the game. And going off the back of that, Jesse, looking at it more on a t- tactical perspective rather than all the chances that Barcelona missed, um, what was it that shocked you most about this match? 
I think the thing that kind of surprised me the most was how limited it felt like Gervaldez was in dealing with what was going on in the game. You know, obviously, Ellie Carpenter goes off really early. And I think it was pretty clear from fairly early on that Carolina Graham Hansen wasn't getting much joy out of Selma Basher. In fact, the one moment Basher switches off, Bas- like Hansen gets the assist for Bas's goal, which I think kind of tells you everything you need to know about like how effective Basher was and how important that was to Leon. But it felt like, you know, Leon now brought on, <laughs> kind of had to shift their whole defence at right back. But you've got Mariona playing incredibly centrally and Rolford therefore trying to do everything on the left wing. And it just felt so strange to me that there was such a limited amount of effort maybe to be like, okay, this isn't working for us going down the right. Can we go through the left? We're not getting through the middle. Like, I think, you know, when Lika Martins came on, you did see a bit more of that dynamism there and how much that maybe could have offered Barcelona. But also at the same time, you could tell that Lika Martins had barely played like any minutes. And so I think for me, again, it just felt like, Maybe that Mariona choice wasn't quite the right one. Even if she was on the pitch, like, can you just tell her to go out and hug the touchline or give Rolfo a bit more support? So I think it was just generally that inability maybe to deal with the challenges Lyon were were posing Barcelona that kind of surprised me the most. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think Liga Martins shouldn't have come in at the time that she did potentially get her on for the last 10 15 minutes of the match but she came on earlier than that and then obviously she she hasn't played in a really long time and you can really tell especially when you're in a Champions League final for starters and then the pace that Leon were on Barcelona's ass basically she cannot keep up with um and especially when you have Claudia Pina on the bench and you put a like a very off form like Martins over Claudia Pina who has obviously played a big role in, in the Barcelona team overall this season but looking at Leon again unfortunately Awadinari did get player of the match of course with that really good goal but I do think Samra Bacha deserved it more I think she was hands down the biggest player on that pitch for both sides um she got that crucial assist for Hegerberg obviously but her defensive work versus versus um Caroline Gamhansen was just outstanding I was my jaw was dropped because when was the last time that you saw Caroline Gamhansen stuck on the right wing without being able to take on a player 1v1. You know, it happens once or twice, but for it to go on for 90 minutes and Caroline Graham Hansen just unable to do anything, she would try to go, it was just, it was such simple defending. She would just stick out her leg and get the ball from Caroline Graham Hansen who was trying to dig her onto the wing. I mean, you can tell that Sanma Bacha really studied all her movements um, and she did really well. I mean, hats off to that. Just, just for that, I think she deserved player of the match, but then you saw how much she gave on Leon's attack and you know how crucial she is on, on the assisting and all that but then yeah Jesse you mentioned earlier on that Alexia goal um CGH literally just stopped I don't know if it was Sarma Bacet like not really pressuring like pressuring CGH or if Gato was just like yeah no I'm not going to try this I'm just going to put in an early cross and see what happens and that obviously worked out really well but Abdullah Obviously, Sarma Bacha, the big one, um, which I think we could probably agree on, all three of us. Uh, who were Leon's key players overall? All right. If you, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll park Sarma Bacha aside because I could go on for about 20 minutes about her. But, uh, and, and so it's well documented. Anyway, I'll keep her aside. I think for me, Lindsay Horan and, and, and Amadine Henri, in terms of the role that they play, I have a couple. I'll just, I'll just, I, I'm going to pair them as one because I feel like the, the, they came as a duo and I think their, their combination together was, I think, was perfect. Where I love the fact that Henri was the deeper, deeper lying player who's patrolling the back four and, and the wide spaces. And Horan's job was to step slightly forward and press on the front and kind of help Macario and Hegerberg, Cascarino and Millar to kind of, you know, do the forward press. And I felt like the, the, the synergy between the two of them in terms of when they had to press, when they had to go, when they had to sit back, when they had to go across. I mean, I remember one of the, um, one of, one of the chances where I think Alexia had the ball on the right-hand side, Henri kind of steps in before the ball could be passed to Graham Hansen and there was a, there was a dispossession and Leon were immediately on the counter-attack taking over the, you know, taking advantage of the spaces left in behind by the fullbacks. I think that, for me, those two were, were amazing. I think Hegerberg just... I think she profited all. I, I think her movement and, and everything was the way she kind of she gave Mapileona a torrid time. I think I think the two I, I think this is the worst I've seen the two Barcelona center back Paredes and Mapileon play. I think they were they looked so rattled 
And I think the presence of Hegerberg there, just kind of the way she was bullying them, it almost felt like the 2v1 wasn't enough. You needed somebody else to be in there to kind of triple up on Hegerberg. I mean, at some points, that's what it felt like. So I think Hegerberg played a really good role. But I think, with the, I mean, putting Hegerberg aside, I think, honestly, it came down to Wendy Renard's kind of positioning role and her ability to keep Barcelona's, you know, strikers quite. I think she had Jenny Hermoso kind of, quiet for most of that you know most of that first half um to the point where it was it was easy because there was so much there was no space between the lines for her most of the drop in it made Renard's life easier to be able to track her and and kind of position herself in a way that okay I'm not going to let you get past me and her being with the controller defense covering behind when it was required uh well I think was unbelievable so I think for me it was all of Basically, their spine, even Endler with some couple of fantastic saves, you know, throughout the game, key saves uh, that came out. So, realistically, I think the key players were that entire spine. I think I think Endler, Renard, Hegerberg, Henri, you you take that spine in the middle and obviously Salma Basha. I think those were the key players that stood up and 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 really set the tone for Leon to to execute the game plan and, and go on to win the game. Careful, Abdullah, Kat Makaria will be coming for you on Twitter for not including her. <laughs> she's in the spine. She's in the spine. Eh? She plays as number 10. She, she's that cat, cat's in the cat's in the 10, right? She so I'm telling, as I said, all the key players she's in the spine. There. Yeah. Like, Don't a, worry, Kat. If I right Don't if, worry, Kat. Okay. You're in the she's in the zones 11 of the season, so it's fine. Spoiler. If if I if I had to say just something very quickly on Kat, I think she has basically become the new talismanic figure of this side. I think when Hegerberg was out for the months with the injury, it was Katanina Makario that stepped up and came to the came to the front with all the goals, with the performance and everything. And I felt like she, from an attacking sense, played her off-the-ball role fantastically well. But I think her ability to be able to get into the box and find those positions and kind of profit off of Hegerberg's kind of occupation of the two centre-backs, I think was great. That's how she got the third goal. Hegerberg was running across on one side. Centre-backs are worrying about the far post. I'm oh, sorry, the, the near post. Makari is just casually ghosting into the back. And I think that has been an underrated quality of, of, of Makari. And I don't think people talk about that, that running in late from behind. I mean, we see Aitana and Alexia do that game after game. And I feel like uh, Makario has been doing that consistently this season. Just it's not been seen enough uh, for whatever reason. So shout out to Makara because I think I think she's now become a very big key player with, compared to last season when the six first six months, she looked like she really needed to settle in. It, it's taking a little bit of time, but this season she's really grown into the role. And at, at I think 21, 22, she already looks like uh, a world-class player, you know, in, in a team where it looks like she's been there for as long as Hegeberg and, and the rest have. Yeah, that run she made for her goal was, was quite good because obviously, I mean, the end state was her being defended by Patrina Aitana, which obviously doesn't make any sense. Um, but the context is that Melvin Malad made the run inside, dragging in Marta Torrejon with her. And then Kata, Kata just like went in behind that um, and exploited that back post, obviously. Um, but Jesse, with Leon executing the game plan perfectly and with the mental giants that they have on their team just to get the, the scoreline off into the final whistle... If Barcelona could have potentially gotten two goals back in the first half and gone gone into halftime at 3-2, do you think that Leon could have kept bullying Barcelona until the final whistle or could have Barcelona have shifted the match in their favour in the second half and kind of have shocked Leon in that sense? I think Barcelona's problem would have just been how much, and Abdullah's kind of touched on it, but how much Hegerberg bullied Paredes and Mapi. It felt like... It did really feel like that you could kind of sum the game up between Hermoso, Renard versus Paredes, Hegerberg. But Hegerberg just was offering so much to Leon in terms of how she can hold the ball up, um, the runs she could make out wide. Irena Paredes just looked like she was about to cry every time she had to go anywhere near Hegerberg. Like Hegerberg 100% had the beating of her. And you could see like Paredes was like making these, there's this awful back pass she makes at one point where Hegerberg runs in. It's only Sandra Panos like getting down really quickly that like stops Leon scoring. And I think in the second half, Leon still probably had like the better opportunities. And I think if, I think if, even if Barcelona got another goal back, it would have just meant Leon would probably have actually carried on attacking a bit more and I wonder if that could have made it even worse for Barcelona I feel like Lyon were only more comfortable sitting back because they did have that two goal advantage um of course there's like the possibility 
it, it's a very hard thing to to figure out, right? I do think, you know, Barcelona did look a lot better shape-wise once Martins and Oshawala were on the pitch. And I think Oshawala caused Leon's defence by being a lot more dynamic, like many more problems than Jenny did. Like I thought Jenny's movement was just dire. Like she just looked like a statue. And if there's one player you shouldn't look like a statue up against, it's Wendy Renard when she's like a whole foot taller than you. Um, and I think Oshawala, you could see like with her speed and movement, that was like a bit more of a worry. But I feel like Leon really did just have this in the bag, the way they locked down Alexia and Aitano especially. Yeah, I do have to say quickly on Jenny Hermosa, I don't think she was good enough to be in that starting eleven against Leon. Uh, I don't think she was... Not that she wasn't capable, that's that's a bad way of phrasing it, but where she's at right now and what Barcelona needed to do, like you mentioned, Jesse, against Wendy Renard, who we saw Katoto get by her um, quite easily, I would say, maybe. Um, but that's what you need. You need that aggressive kind of attacking thing. And you look at the bench, and obviously Oshuala, when... I thought when Oshwala came on, she offered a lot more of dynamic movement overall. Um, she had the the physicality, the speed, something that obviously Wendy Renard is not really good at dealing with anymore at the age that she's at. And so I do think that that was a big mistake in the sense that putting Yanni Hermoso to start up there. And obviously to have her subbed off at halftime really said everything um, of how bad that first half was for her. Um, but I do think, I, I didn't think she was good enough to, to be that starting striker um, in this match in particular, but maybe that's just me. Um, but Abdullah, looking at maybe a downside of Leon, um, obviously, but do you think there was an error on the pitch that Barcelona could have, should have exploited more? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think as, as, as I mean, I, I this is not to sound like Basha or Mbok didn't play their roles perfectly well. And I thought they were, they were excellent, right? And, and I think Basha especially didn't put a foot wrong all game. But at least on the left-hand side, uh, Rolfo should have taken more advantage of Mbok. I mean, considering she's a centre-back, yes, she's played right back. I think, And I think she has the quality, and, 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 and I posted about it the other day saying that I think you, you play her in any position, she keeps that quality. But there were times when Mbok stepped up, and because the, the, because the back line had stepped up, Mbok stepped out of the shape because they would then play the three with the left-back and two centre-backs. There was times when Rolfo could have taken the ball past Mbok, used her pace, get in behind, and then suddenly the left the left hand side is free for them to go and attack. And I felt like they didn't do that enough. Yes, I know it comes down to the whole thing about what I just discussed about the the back, the double pivot, the four two structure, and that whole thing. But the times that Leon did step forward. That was when I think Barcelona needed to turn around and be like, all right, we need to use the one thing that we have to our advantage and we have pace, uh, especially in the wide areas. Maybe not on the right-hand side uh, because Basha is as quick as uh, Graham Hansen, but on the, on the left-hand side when you can easily outpace Mbok. There's, there, I mean, I understand Mbok putting in a couple of tackles and, 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 and winning a couple of duels. And maybe, maybe let's say she won 50% of the duels. The other 50%, I expect someone like Rolfo to come in and be able to win those one-on-one battles and go in behind and cause a few more problems. So I think definitely down the left-hand side, I felt like Barcelona should have done um, better. And and to your point about Leke Martins coming in and, and, and just kind of being uh, you know out of shape, I think if you didn't want to do that, I think Oshawala from the beginning should have been, would and should have been the player to start because that is, there's your key right there. She sits on the shoulder of defenders and she would have probably frustrated and would have put Buchanan and Renard worried because every time it would be like, is she going to drop or is she going to go in behind? Because she's got the pace to do both, right? And that uncertainty would have created a lot of problems on that left-hand side, especially between the right back and, and the center back, assuming Mbok still came uh, moved out to right back. So I think, you know, taking advantage of the left-hand side through pace and through maybe playing somebody who wants to sit on the shoulder and run in behind rather than just kind of sit on the shoulder and kind of drop in and kind of wait for ball to feet. You need somebody to run in behind. And I don't think Barcelona did that enough. And I understand why you wanted to play Leke Martins there to kind of do something like that. But when someone hasn't played for like a few months and you're thrusting her into a Champions League final with 30 minutes to go, 20 minutes to go and saying, please win us the game. Uh, I think that's I think that's a that's a big ask. So yeah, that's probably where I think Barcelona should have taken more advantage. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And obviously, yeah, injuries and uh, kind of team selection might have 
hindered Barcelona's ability to to truly get at Leon. Um, but obviously the second half didn't see as much football as the first half. Um, with Leon out to see see out the match rather than score more. Um, and it was mostly Barcelona attack in the second half, trying to get the equalizers, but. Luck wasn't really on the side with Oshwala missing a big header and Ana Maria Krnacevic obviously missing a volley right in front of goal. Um, and of course, not to even mention that Patri shot near the halfway line that hit the post. That would have been the goal of the season and Cristian and Led was not getting there if that would have dipped under the post. Not, no chance. But just, I mean, it was, Jesse, did the pressure get the nerves and the, pre- and the nerves get the better of Barcelona here because it seemed like they were doing enough to score, but the last pass, the cross, decision-making seemed very off. To put Irene Paredes in the box, her decision-making is not, let me shoot this, it's passing, it's Mapi Leon's crosses were all horrendous. It was just all going really badly. Do you think it was it got a bit too nervy for Barcelona? Yeah, I think, I think after the first Leon goal, it's such an exceptional goal. It felt like Barcelona were like, okay, you know, you can't legislate for Amandine Henri doing something like that. And they felt like they were in their rhythm. Although there was still this kind of sense that they just kept switching off or like they didn't play to the whistle at all. There's the really annoying moment where Rolfo's in the box and she's got this great opportunity to cut it back and she just stops because she thinks she's going to be flown for a foul and it never comes. And, you know, the ref was like quite inconsistent about that, but it was a very it was a very odd thing. And, and for the third goal as well, Barcelona totally switched off because I think they thought the offside flag was going to go up. And then you're like, oh, okay, like now Macario is just at the back post and everyone's kind of like looking around what's going on. And they, they'd all stopped so much that I was convinced it was going to get chalked off for offside because I was like, wow, they must be really like certain of that. Nope. So I think, I think by the time the second goal went in, that's when it really felt like, oh, the players were like, oh no, this is, is happening again. Like, because that's kind of how it felt in the ground. You were like, oh my God, it's happening again. Like, this is crazy. And I, I think it's, yeah, understandable that, that it all got a bit too much for them. I still can't quite figure out how Hegeberg got behind Mappy for that second goal as well. I watched it back, but Dazone cut away. So it's like Hegeberg does magic. It's like she's in front of Mappy, she's in front of Mappy, she's in front of Mappy. Then they cut to Selma Basha and then suddenly she's behind Mappy and she's scoring. So I don't know what she did there. But yeah, I think it felt like after that second goal went in, it was just, it was a lot of panic mode and it was a lot of poor decisions. And the number one point where I knew it had all gone horribly wrong was when in the second half, Barcelona had a free kick in a really good position and Alexia just like passed it to a Leon player. And I was like, wow, even Alexia's lost it. <laughs> I was so mad. Oh my God. I put myself behind the goal to film that because I was like, Alexia is not missing right now. Like she's she's putting that in at this moment and they fucking did that and that was the most awful thing I've ever you, you should have run life. to uh to Geraldis oh and said sub me and take off Alexia I'm the real Alexia come here I'm coming on that was, it did look uh, like Alex was about to vault yeah. over the advertising I couldn't number I couldn't so the whole the whole story of me in this match I was so in the first half I was sitting I followed Barca so I was sitting behind Cristiano there the whole match um and in the first half there was this really nice uh, photographer who, like, he works with Dazone and Goal, so he's always, like, with me, um, sat next to me. And, like, we're, we're always chatting away, like, usually. And then those two goals went in, and I kind of just, like, synced in my seat with my hands crossed and, like, really grumpy. And he kept trying to talk to me, and I was just like, mm. <laughs> And I felt really bad because he, me- he got the message after, like, five minutes that I didn't really want to talk, and I was really pissed uh, that I felt bad. And then, obviously... Yeah, the, the second half, the last probably 20 minutes, I couldn't sit in my chair. I I tried sitting and then something would happen and I would stand up and then I just stayed standing and I just started leaning over the thing that's literally like right onto the pitch. I, I, just, I couldn't sit still. I just couldn't sit still. And that, that was the thing. I was, all my professionalism barely, basically just went out the window and I was just a fan, just like shitting my pants at that moment. And anyway, back to the match. We all know I was grumpy. <laughs> Abdullah, was this match a one-off kind of legacy statement for Leon? Obviously, they're they've been very salty um, that Barcelona have been getting all the attention, and they're not getting attention. That's just them being salty. Um, or does it potentially look like Leon might be back to get another consistent few years at the top? Of course, if they don't cross Juventus again. 
uh okay to answer that question uh no i think i think um i think i think i think this is this is the start of of, of them making a comeback and, and i say this uh off the back of a couple of things and, and and i caveat this as well with these things needing to happen more consistently i think one the fact that it's the first time in three years and i think i i have repeated this for the last year or two years that this is the first time that Leon have a coach that's actually a coach and someone who can dictate what happens on the pitch without player power getting involved, right? And I think you could see the fact that after last year when they got out early from the Champions League to PSG, they lost the title. That the 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 because the because some players had left the season before Lucy Bronze, Alex Greenwood, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? It's uh, it's it showed that. The, the players themselves could not dictate the game, and there was just fractures in the in the squad team. Things didn't work out, and I feel now with Sonia there, she's because she's got the legacy and the and 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 the prestige behind her. The players can't say anything. The players can't suddenly go, "No, I want to play here. I want to do this, and we should be play like this." She'll just be like, "Shut the hell up! I'm the coach. You you respect me and play with me." And especially with the fact that she also has Camille Abeli as her as her number two. I think those two together has really given Leon a base to be able to say, okay, we're going to play a philosophy. We're going to make an identity of this team. And we're going to really make that the core ethos of the club. And I think that was the best thing that happened to this team. And I think that if these two stay for another season or two, assuming, I think that Leon can come back and, and get regularly get back to finals and possibly win more champions leagues because Sonia knows how to win it. She's been there. She's done it. And we've seen the effect of managers now who have been recent players. You look at Zidane at Real Madrid, if I just take a men's uh, example. Look at Zidane at Real Madrid, won three Champions Leagues for Real Madrid. And then, you know, it, you, you know, before he wasn't regarded as this massive tactician, but he, he did it, right? He managed that team and he got them three Champions Leagues. And I think Sonia has that same sort of effect where she, and I think she actually has a tactical brain. So she was able to, I mean, she came up with this game plan to beat Barcelona that nobody could come up with, right? Yes, the blueprint was there with Real Madrid Wolfsburg, but she took it and she enhanced it to a point where she was able to execute it and, and do it, right? Maybe she didn't come up with everything, but to, to, to be able to, to be there and be like, all right, this is what works for other teams. Let's take it and make it better. And that for me is a sign of growth for Leon because before it used to be sheer player power and sheer player. Like when I say power, I mean the quality of the player that would beat the other side. I felt like tactics won the game for Leon this time, which for me is a hundred percent a sign of growth. If they keep the manager in, this, in the number two, I feel like they can go on a run and they can really come back. If something happens and it changes and we go back to the, the Leon of old, it's it's a lot more difficult. And then and then you could call out a one-off. But for now, I think it's it's definitely a potential. Like this rivalry between the two, I think will be will be there for a long, long time. And and I think it go it, it's a 50-50 every single time they both walk on the pitch. Yeah, that is a really good point to end on. I am um, I do agree that this kind of new rivalry between Barça and Leon is gonna be there for the next few years. And obviously, um, they are well capable of getting to the late stages of the Women's Champions League. So it's not going to be the last time that we see them kind of in a knockout situation in the tournament. Um, so that that should be really good. I do agree with Sonia. Um, she seems to be doing quite well at Lyon. I think Hiralles on the other side has kind of plateaued at Barcelona, if I'm being quite honest. Um, but I think the summer should be telling for Barcelona more. I think Lyon have established their team quite well that they're able to kind of progress into the next season off of the players that they already have whereas Barcelona needs to kind of refresh quite a few positions if they want to continue this kind of run that they're on right now and continue to kind of challenge for a tournament like the Champions League for example. Sorry Alex I want to ask you one thing on that so do you think it's Barcelona need new players or do you think Geraldes has to evolve and take Barcelona to another level in terms of the tactics because I know the tiki-taka system, the whole ethos is supposed to be the bread and butter of the club. But do you think he needs to take that to another level or is it, is it a player problem where they need new fresh blood to come in and kind of change things up? I would say it's more reliant on the players, but I do think that, I mean, we obviously saw Girales how stuck he was at resolving any problem that we had in this final, basically. He, I mean, he's an amazing tactician, an amazing analyst, and we've seen the way that he's used the players, but 
when you're relying on a Frido in Larolfo to play your left back position and you're relying on a Marta Torrejon as your starting right back. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you have potentially a player like Onabaye available, when you have that kind of young blood that's going to play next to an experience, Mapi Leon and Irene Paredes, I think that's going to complement the team really well. And the style of play that the fullbacks have. And I'm saying fullbacks because I do think that's kind of the position that Barcelona really need to keep up with in terms of going against teams because we saw... I mean, Frido against Wolfsburg, you they really shown the light that she is not a defender at all. And it's just, it's a problem because you obviously saw how easy it is to shake an Irene. I mean, not not easy. Let's not say easy because Leon are far ahead than a lot of other teams. But I think that fullback position is going to be really crucial. And if Barcelona don't get their defense sorted out, then I don't think they're going to be able to take the next step. Um, but then again, it's all down to Giralles to kind of provide the players more flexibility with how they're going into these matches. Um, I think the mental aspect is there for the most part, but the way that Kirales was stuck and the the substitutions that he made, I just don't really agree with it. And that's where you saw his kind of downside to it. So I think it's, it's, it's a balance, but I do think that Barca need to sort out their players before anything, but yeah. And Going off of that, uh, the Barcelona players did cherish their silver medals since the Budapest final. And there has been interviews about it. And I, I quite, I find it interesting mostly because I did post it on the zone and stuff. And everybody was like, oh, but you just lost. Like everyone says that. And it's like, they, they like they've done it before. So it is possible again. But basically, if you don't know the story behind it, um, they don't, you know how players usually get pissed off and they take off their, their runners up medal and that stuff. Um, Alexia, it's an Alexia thing mainly, I think, and she kind of instilled it in the whole team not to take off the medal and to kind of look at it and appreciate the fact that you got to the final in the first place, but also to kind of appreciate how far you have to go to win it overall. But going off of that, uh, Jesse, do you see Barcelona reaching their third consecutive Champions League final next season? Hmm. I think what this game kind of showed, and I hope this is true because I think it's a really exciting thing, but is that we've kind of moved past this point, I think, of total dominance from any side. I think lots of people obviously went into this thinking this would be Barcelona's opportunity to really put down a marker. Leon beat them incredibly well, but I think also we've seen Leon show this season that they're beatable too. You know, teams like Wolfsburg, PSG... Real Madrid even as well, have all shown that you can put dents into both of these teams, um, whether it was this season or last. And I think ultimately that's really exciting because I feel like for Lyon, obviously for a gazillion years and for Barcelona over the past couple of seasons, it has felt like you would be able to kind of predict who who would be in the final. Um, And I don't think you can say that anymore. I agree with Alex that I think if Barcelona want to maybe be more forceful with that there's a bit of a refresh needed obviously there's kind of been some blows like missing out on Viv and things like that which have put some question marks around the squads and I think this game kind of showed again like how a decisive number nine can you know make sure you you win those moments and I think what Leon kind of showed that they could do in this game is is play in a number of different ways and maybe that's something that's like Barcelona's squad is is kind of missing by not having like a, as many variety of players or or being able to, to play in a variety of ways. So look, Barcelona are a fantastic team. There are iterations of this game where I still think they go out and blow Lyon away because I, they've got more than enough ability to do that. So <laughs> I wouldn't say they're not going to reach a third consecutive UWSL final, but I think it. we've kind of seen this season that, look, you, you can't really predict these things anymore. Yeah, that is really hard to say. And I think at the beginning, did we predict a Barcelona and PSG final? I think yeah, one yeah. of us might have. I, I mean, uh, uh, no, I don't, I don't think know. somebody, I don't, I don't know. Did we? At Barcelona for I sure. Know. I don't know about PSG. Mm. I think PSG was a good runner up in that situation. <laughs> but it is true. I, I do agree that now it's kind of 
up in the air and kind of you see a Juventus beat a Lyon, you know, a Lyon beat Barcelona in the final. I mean, even last season, PSG ran Barcelona close in that semi-final and then they absolutely thrashed. And Chelsea in the final, sorry, that just came out really naturally, Chelsea. Um, <laughs> what? I, had, I had no so intention nice. I had no intention behind that. I swear that just came out so like <gasps> I was just in my thoughts and that sentence came out and I I realized right after how it sounded and I really I'm really sorry. Anyway, point to say that anybody can be anybody. Um and I'm really looking forward to next season. Everyone, Box the Box will be back for a third season. Don't worry. We're we're not breaking up after this. Uh, I think uh, if, any, if, if nothing's broken by now, I think we're fine. Yeah, I, I think we're good. Uh, okay, we'll end on that and we'll we'll ease into listener questions. Thank you for everyone who sent in questions because I know it was a bit last minute. Um, Jesse was very shocked by the amount of replies that we got in such a short amount of time. But we'll go, I, I picked out a few. We'll start with the first one from Carl Carpenter, which might seem like a familiar name. Hi, Carl. Has, his question is, has Leon's victory and how they approached the final provided some kind of blueprint for the other top clubs to game plan for games against Barcelona? Or is this their success predicted on Leon's ability? And is it an exception rather than the rule? And we kind of talked upon it um, already. But what do you guys think? on that do you want to expand a bit more on how important Leon's individual capabilities in this team was a big factor in that um Jesse do you want to go first yeah I think Leon's obviously individual ability really helps you know I think I've spoken a lot about how how good I thought Hegerberg was but you know I think that's like an amazing example of like you kind of need the best number nine in the world like to how many other players out there who are going to like kind of make Paredes and Mapisha their pants in the way that Ada did I like I don't know but I think that being said there are a number of squads who would feel like they have the same quality as Lyon do across the pitch I think there's a number of WSL squads do on the face of it have have that kind of quality but yeah the question is is do you have the kind of players to enact it I think what Leon did really well with this tactical plan as well is show how effective it can be to kind of blend experience and youth. I think Henri and Haran really, you know, ran the show, obviously. And that was, I think, you know, they used every single ounce of every single game those two players have played. Um, I think, I guess, maybe the biggest thing that, that comes out from that and from what Leon did is how important a robust midfield is against Barcelona. And maybe that's the difference between some of those other squads that we might think about. You know, we know PSG's midfield is more like vibes rather than tactics. And Chelsea have about one midfielder left in their team and Man City are about to sell all their midfielders. So, you know, maybe it is just Leon who have the capability to do it. But I think, again, you know, I know we talk about the tactics and tactics are really important, but I do also think it has shown that these teams aren't invincible. I think the Wolfsburg game showed that for Barcelona, even though it didn't matter. And I think, again, this will just make people think a bit differently about what does it mean to play Barcelona? They're not just these, like, 11 incredibly talented players. Like, they obviously are 11 incredibly talented players, but they're, they're not, like, unbeatable, even though it might feel like that when you watch them play sometimes. So I think that matters as well. And Abdullah, without getting into kind of the, the individual battles much on that, um, what's your take on, on this? Yeah, no, I, I pretty much without without repeating everything, I agree with everything Jesse said. And I think I think on the Wolfsburg point, I think if 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 Lena Obidorf was fit, I think we might see a little bit of a different game to some extent over there. Maybe you know, I think Barcelona still wins, but I think we see the effect of a physical midfield, uh, what a physical midfielder can do against Barcelona. And I think that would have, that would have been, you know, a, a big thing, but yeah, I think obviously Leon's individual players are absolutely fantastic. And, and, and there are other teams who've had it, but I, I just, I just felt like they, they were, they were able to be more cohesive and bring it together. And it's almost like every player knew exactly what they had to do. And I think that ended up being key you know along with everything else that maybe the other teams already have and uh, I mean you even look at like Bayern's midfield right Sarah Zadrazil and, and Sidney Lawman are two big players who could pro- probably do a similar job if they're fully fit and you know and they play so yeah like you said I, I think I don't think any one team is going to dominate this anymore 
I guess it's a great thing for us to be able to watch and really enjoy key big games uh, every season. And off the midfield battle, um, a very interesting question from Ariane. How did you guys perceive the midfield battle? Uh, for me, it felt like Haran and Henri were very narrow and occupying the central space that Barca's midfield three wanted to play in. Uh, Leon seemed able to block off the center with physicality and, and positioning whilst trusting their fullbacks to cope out wide. That's that's pretty accurate. I'll have both of you answer this. Um, Jesse, what's your take on that? Yeah, I think um, Haran and Henri worked really well as a duo, but I think something that really kind of impressed me on the watch back is how well Kat Macario did to block off Patry's passing lanes. Um, you know, that kind of like shadow play is obviously quite a trendy thing, you know, like it's like the, the next pressing as it were, but, you know, it's a very hard thing to kind of be able to envision, envision. and Patry for me is like, she's my favourite footballing player at Barcelona and for huge amounts of this game, it just felt like she had no options because of where Kat was placing her body. And that made it easier for Henri and Haran then I think to deal with Bomati, Alexia. And it kind of showed that because even though then Mariona was coming central, those guys weren't getting overloaded because Kat was already doing so much work, it felt like, to stop Patry being able to play the balls into, in, into any of those the feet of those players so yeah I thought I thought she was like really important to allowing Horan and Henri then to kind of mop up anything that did get through. Abdullah do you want to elaborate a bit more on that trusting the fullbacks to come yeah, yeah, yeah. while being able to focus in the midfield? <laughs> yeah I, I, th I think I think when you have um, Ellie Carpenter and Summer Basha who obviously started the game I think you you trust their pace and obviously Basha has come a long way this season like we've said and, and has become you know, uh, started off at left wing at the beginning of the season and then, and then just because of Maroni's not really being trusted, she gets moved back into left back. And I think those performances building up from the beginning of the season towards the end really built that trust in that defensive positioning. So I think what they wanted to do was, all right, we block, the, the game plan was we block off the center, we don't let Barcelona go there and we rely on the pace and the positioning of the fullbacks to... I think the plan was delay the wingers and fullbacks from crossing in. So then the, the back four, back three remaining defense and the midfielders can kind of get into a position to stop the crosses and they can airily clear it. But the fact that, but the fact that the fullbacks were able to dispossess, dispossess the wingers basically on the touchline itself and then start the contracts from there, I think that came to a slight surprise. And I think once they started doing that a little bit more, it just became obvious that, all right, you know, Bash is having the game of her life and the way she's able to handle and, and move across and, and be able to deal with, you know, CGH and on the other side and Bok versus Rolfo and, uh, and Mariona on their own. I think it then it just made life a lot easier for the central trio to be able to kind of focus on their game of, all right, cover shadow, pressing triggers, man marking press. And we just need to make sure that this central area is a problem for them. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that is fair. And sticking with the Abdullah, this next one is for you. Um, I kind of grouped two of them together that were quite similar. Um, one from Avnish Yazmat. Do you think the difference in the Spanish and French leagues played a part in the way each team approached the game or was just a one-off and basically it was just all chaos? Um, which I think I, I would say that probably. And then there's Clem Fandango. Is that your real name? That's, that's kind of a fun last name there. Did Barca get too comfortable with their approach in the league to use the same tactics? Uh, tactics. Sorry, I can't speak. I don't know if it's the emotions or just me. Um, or the cider, <laughs> yes. Um, did Barca get too comfortable with their approach in the league to use the same tactics against a versatile team like Leon? What do you think, Abdullah? I'll, okay, I'll answer this separately. Obviously, I'll go with the first one. I think I think I agree with you, Alex. I think it was a one-off chaos because I think both the Spanish and French league, while they have their own qualities in the teams below them, um, obviously in in France, Lyon have uh, an a, you know an adversary in in PSG who are at a top top level that they can play minimum of two times a season. You know, at this point, it seems like three because every Champions League they seem to play them at the quarterfinals or the semifinals. So you call it like four times a season. I think that helps Leon a little bit more than it helps Barcelona because while Barcelona, like Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid are, are really good teams, they're not on the level of PSG yet, right? And so I think while it doesn't affect this one-off game, I think incrementally 
I think that makes a small, a very, very small, subtle difference that that possibly, uh, uh, possibly is there. And maybe that ties into the second question, which is, did Barcelona get too comfortable? I think for based on the first 45 minutes, you might have to just say yes, because the fact that Jenny started in a game that she probably shouldn't have started. Um, and obviously, I know we talked about injuries, but maybe even starting um, Claudia Pina with a little bit more pace and a little bit more movement on the, on the on the left side over Mariona could have been another option. I think, I think Geraldes basically because of the way they've been dominating, he almost played his hand from the very very start. But Leon knew what they were going to play, so they could game plan exactly against it, and which is why I think. He took, and by the time he realized, all right, I need to take Jenny off. I need to bring on Oshawala, who you know we've discussed has been was probably could have been a key player and, and had the difference was the difference maker tactically. It was too late. So yeah, to the second answer, yes, I, I did feel like they were too comfortable with their approach because they almost felt like whether it was Wolfsburg, whether it was Real Madrid, whether it was Levante, whether it was you know Atletico Madrid, they were blowing teams out of the park, and it was only towards the end of the season that it, it started to get a little bit more. Um, a little bit more like I may, maybe it's 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 too too I mean 60 games I think I don't know if I think it was 40 50 games 60 games I don't remember but if you're playing the same tactic for 60 games someone is eventually going to figure you out and be like all right this is what you're doing for 60 games we're going to figure it out right and I do also I will I will put this in I do feel like fatigue must have played a little bit of a part in this whole thing they've been playing because of the amount of games they've been playing and pretty much the same players keep playing it's it's it, with the exception of one or two positions, like we said, maybe a fullback position or or, or a, str- a winger position. Everybody else keeps playing week in, week out, and no matter it doesn't matter if you're dominating games or if you're if you're back back against the wall, you're gonna get tired after 30, 40, 50 games without a proper rest. So I'll, I'll put that in there and say that I I think fatigue also played a part. Yeah, I do agree on that. Um, Barcelona had about six days between their last um match of the league season against Atletico Madrid who obviously they were out to get the perfect season against a really good rival who was battling for Champions League um, football so that was not really an easy match to get into and then you have six days to recover for the Women's Champions League final whereas Lyon had um, if I do quick maths here um, they had 13 days so almost two weeks almost two weeks to recover from their last league game into the Champions League final so they had two weeks to fully focus on this final whereas Barca have they had five days off their league and now they play again tomorrow in La Copa de la Reina um, so that fatigue is very obvious there coming into this match I think what for me personally what surprised me the most is that they kind of I think mentally they weren't there and I don't know what they were expecting obviously they weren't expecting Leon to come out as aggressively which it seems a bit naive. So I, I don't think we could say that they didn't expect Leon to come out that aggressively because I think everyone would expect that to happen. But I just don't think Barcelona were were kind of ready to handle that. And I don't know if if that was just them kind of approaching this game as calm as possible, potentially, or just them being kind of really late to, to grow into the match. And obviously, once they grew into the match, it was it was way too late to, to kind of get back. Um, I mean, not actually because they could have, but mentally they were just destroyed and, and fatigued and you have yeah players like Lika Martins who's tired a player like Gennady Mosso who's not capable of kind of doing these dynamic runs um, like Oshwala does for example or I could have even potentially gone on to say to have Mariona as a nine to play off Alexia put Rolfo as a winger and give Leila Wahabi a chance I don't I don't know I don't think that Leila Wahabi is up to the standard of kind of a top fullback but she is more of a defender than than Frido is at the end of the day realistically um so I could have I could have potentially put that um in as well and throwing that into the mix but Jesse this one's for you um from Adam Salter did we get did we all get slightly overexcited by Barcelona over the last two seasons they won last season by defeating teams who had never won the Champions League including Man City and Chelsea this season, they were challenged by Madrid and lost away to Wolfsburg. Reality check? Question mark. I think within the English media, there's maybe been a, a reaction, a very to, overhyped to everything. To Chelsea losing because they were so bullish about Chelsea's chances, and I think it's made them want to be like Barcelona are the best thing ever. 
we love Barcelona. And so I wonder if that's where that kind of overexcitement has come from. That being said, I still do think Barcelona were the best team in the Champions League this season, taking all the performances in together. I thought Lyon were amazing in the final. They deserve to win. Like, don't get me wrong. But I think if you looked at like all of the performances, I still feel like Barcelona had the better moments. You know, being challenged by Real Madrid and losing away to Wolfsburg, in the end, they blew both of those teams away. Like Barcelona don't lose away to Wolfsburg if they hadn't already won that game by so much. Madrid caused them problems, but Barcelona still scored a ridiculous number of goals. So I don't really think those come out as challenges. I do think coming up against Lyon was always going to be different, a unique challenge because of Lyon's. There's no club like Lyon in terms of their history, mentality, uh, kind of commitment to the women's game. So it was always, and especially because of of 2019, I think that, you know, it would be silly to say that, that Barcelona could just wipe that from their heads but no I don't think it's a reality check because I still think Barcelona are great I just think there are teams who are around that level and in one of one of matches can can execute a game plan well um, and I think that's just what Leon did yeah I totally agree with that we a reminder that Barcelona are playing for the domestic triple still so off that feet it's not um this was a kind of a one-off game and it, I mean, it was an amazing competition, but yeah, to go, to go so far as to say that Barcelona are overhyped, I think that might be a bit too much. Cause then you look back at, yeah, the five nil over Real Madrid, um, not the five nil that was against Wolfsburg. Uh, well, the five, two over Real Madrid and you look at the invincible season, which is stupidly hard to do, especially when you have all these Champions League matches and everything else coming in. So, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. The kind of maybe off the back of that really destroying Chelsea, that the hype was more centralized over the Invincibles rather than the actual football of it, if that makes sense. They were just kind of everyone's kind of just amazed by the team without actually looking at the specifics that a one-off game against a Leon could very much end in a result like it did. Um, I also think Barcelona have like been mugged off by injuries this season. So to kind of go through like domestically in the way they had when they've missed like Martins, Oshawala, yeah. um, you know, for large portions of those season, you know, again, if Martins has played and is fully fit, I, I think, again, you get a different game if you can play like yeah. a natural winger like her rather than just kind of trying to get Rolfo to cover the whole left side. So yeah, I also I kind of think that's a fact. Mariona. Mariona was out for a couple of months as well. So it was a big injury. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I, yeah, I do. I mean, when you look at going off that Lika Martins, she was, she's been out for what, about three months now and she's still finished in the top three of um, assisters in the league and I believe top five in the goals of the league. Uh, so the season that she was having before she got injured was just outstanding. And I think if she would have gotten to this final fully fit and in form like she was, I think that I do agree that that could have potentially been a big difference because um, we saw that she was a bit more reserved. Um, she didn't have the energy or potentially the confidence to take on a Leon fullback 1v1 as she usually does against any other team. I do agree that that injuries yeah, might have, I mean, they did play a big part, but they saw the league. So, I mean, they're still a big club. But um, going on to the last question um, from Anu, uh, Barca really don't enjoy pressure and physicality. They became quite rattled and their pressing and decision making was very off in the match. How do you think they can learn to overcome this? As from what I've seen, the Spanish league isn't that physical. Um, And off that, before that, the Spanish league is physical in the sense that teams that can't match up Barcelona on their football do get really spicy on the pitch. So Barcelona have dealt with kind of a rough match where Alexia is getting fouled a lot. The midfield is getting fouled a lot. Caroline Graham Hansen is getting fouled a lot. So they have dealt with kind of that pressure in the Spanish league um, quite often, if I'm being quite, if I'm being honest. Um, but Jesse and Abdullah, I'll, I'll throw this question to both of you. Um, Abdullah, do you want to go first? Yeah. How do you think they can learn to overcome this? I think playing, I think they, um, you know, it's a very good question because you think about it, you think about 
Barcelona to you know you think about the team a teams like Barcelona they're very much you know they like to pass and move and, and they, they like to do I think it might be a cliche but maybe they need to be a little bit more physical themselves while still while still retaining a lot of their principles and a lot of their concepts I think I think um the fact that they brought in Rolfo and then they actually even, I mean, they have Ingrid Engine who came in obviously last season and she's, you know, she was on the bench and, you know, maybe bringing on Engine could have, could have helped to some extent match the physicality that, that Leon were trying to throw back. That could have been a, you know, a completely different uh, tactical game uh, right there. So I, I think, I think it's maybe, maybe coming up with, you know, slightly different plan, like a plan B almost like we, you know, we talked about it earlier, maybe coming up with a plan B to kind of overcome physical uh, games and defense. Like I, I couldn't, I, off the top of my head right now, I can't think of anything that immediately stands out to me to go and get, this is what they can do to, to kind of overcome it. Like maybe using like, like an engine who is a completely different sort of player, a little bit more physical than the three that are on the pitch. Um, and, and having played in the Wolfsburg side that, that you know, that, that played against teams like this, you know, could have possibly helped, but that's probably the only thing that I can think of right now, Jesse. I'm pretty not sure if you have any better ideas, please go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this was solely about physicality. I think that kind of is unfair on what Leon were able to do. Um, it felt a lot more like it was about, you know, an effective and clever press. And I think there are plenty of Barcelona players who can go in for meaty tackles too, you know, like Alexia and like players like that, like they're fancy, but like, she's pretty stacked. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to go up against her. So I think this maybe kind of over exit a bit. I just think this is more about, this is more of a question for Barcelona of what do you do if your midfield shut down? than I think it is about being like players are being bullied off the ball you know, you look at CGH against Basha, Basha wasn't like going into her, Basha's tiny, <laughs> like it's just good 1v1 defending. So I don't really think it's a physicality issue. I think it's more like, yeah, what Abdullah touched on, like what do you do if different bits of the pitch have been blocked off? What do you do if your best players aren't getting on the ball? How, how do you change things in that situation? Yeah, I do agree that saying that physicality really throws off Barca or that Barca aren't physical. I mean, one of the biggest things that Barca took out of that 2019 final was the physicality. So if you look at back at that 2019 final, you could confidently say that Leon were just the more physical side. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that the whole thing was down to that, but it was very evident that Leon were very, were much stronger than Barca and it was very evident. And since then they worked on it. I mean, if you look at before and after pictures of these players from 2019 to now um these Barca players are, are jacked and it is true when you look at the Alexia even Aitana Aitani is is a small tiny human she pushes anybody off the ball I would have paid money and I would have bet that she could have pushed Wendy Renard off the ball easily um Jesse's giving me a are you sure about that face <laughs> Yeah, I'm just trying to put it into context to go away from this final win. <laughs> Aitana would beat Wendy in a fight, and that's why Barcelona should won the Champions League. Exactly. Thank you. I rest my case. <laughs> uh, no, but I think yeah, I think it is really unfair to say that that Barca aren't physical enough because I think if you if you watch Barca play in the league in the Champions League, they body off players very very often. They do it very gracefully. Maybe that's why people don't notice. Um, but it is, I mean, if you watch Aitana getting a ball back, she does that without a problem, just pushes off a player without really doing a foul or anything. But yeah, it is, it is a thing. And I think this match was, was solely down to Sonia Bompastor creating a really good game plan and the Leon players executing it really, really good. And Barca, um, not being able to kind of adjust to the match and, and what Leon brought to the table, um, and not being really able to overcome how quickly the downfall went in the first 30 minutes. I think that sums it up quite quite decently, I would say. But yeah, that's the end of this episode. Champions League is done. WSL is done. We'll keep you guys... Yeah, that, that, that was really sad to say. That wasn't in the script. <laughs> um, our season yeah, so is done. Yeah, so obviously our season is done. Um, but we <clears throat> do have potential plans for the women's euros coming up we'll probably take a couple weeks break obviously because there's no football 
um that's really sad um but we'll keep you guys updated once we know and we finalize the euros plans and potentially yeah we'll, we'll see what happens but thank you everyone for a great season and thank you everyone for listening uh we appreciate you guys yeah thanks, thanks to everyone much. and uh shout out to legends Bebo on twitter uh yeah we did it we won get in oh. and <laughs> you sign up on that oh. <laughs> alex takes a long drink of cider